Welcome to episode 74 of Crave the Book. In today's episode, Amber and I cover chapters 138 through 144 of Tracy Wolf's Covet. And in this episode, Grace and Hudson are battling the giants in their attempt to get out of the prison. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Episode episode 74. Let's do it. Um, (laughs) But that's fitting because it's actually, it's Valentine's Day for us. It won't be Valentine's Day when they hear the podcast, but it's Valentine's Day today. Um, Yeah, guys, uh, we are at the Giants battle in Covet. So... Uh, anytime we're going to read like really exciting chapters for the podcast, you guys get super stoked, like like the Ludares competition and, you know, everybody gets so excited. But it's like trying to cover these chapters during the podcast isn't nearly as exciting because yeah, there's not much content for us to like. Right. analyze because it's a play-by-play like an actual fight right it's it's running and dodging and running and dodging so this episode probably won't be very long but um i know that this is a lot of people's favorite set of chapters um so it's it's convenient that we're doing them on valentine's day because we get hudson's very uh lovey-dovey pep talk um but i don't think it's lovey-dovey at all I, I think, it's very much like it yeah. Shut the fuck up. Shut up, up, bitch. (laughs) Um, So this will be chapters 138 through 144. And I don't think that there's any spoilers today. So you guys are, as long as you've read Covet 138 through 144, you should be good because nothing was revealed. We didn't have any theories based on anything that took place. But um, where we left off, Grace and Hudson were being like lowered into this coliseum type it was actually a ballroom but they were being lowered in to do this giant battle um and and last week amber and i had talked about how i i didn't picture them as giants my first read through i pictured them as like troll in the dungeon yeah like big dumb like trolls but now that we see that they're giants like we've encountered lots of giants the giants seem to be normal sentient creatures which makes this it's more brutal um yeah because like they have like these these giants that are attacking them they either they're doing it out of desperation because they're just as desperate as grace and hudson are or they're doing it because they love it. They act like they love it because they're like flexing like, and they've got to choose to keep going. Like even though it's not a fair fight, they have to keep yeah going back to kill them. Um, and it it kind of gives them that that feeling of like they're not sentient; they're just like mindless machines. Yeah. But um, no, if you think about it, they're the same as Vander. But Vander did have very very um he was very like hair trigger yeah he but i mean the other i can't remember the the little girl at at, in the giant's village um oh the princess yeah and falia like they're they are all like you know people but bigger but then they're living in a society like these giants have been stuck in a prison like all they have around them is brutality so right yeah. It probably starts to leach into mm-hmm. 
who you are as a person. It's like the kind of kill or be killed mentality. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Oh, and, and as... Oh, go you ahead. said that they were being lowered down. I, I had images of them just being like, like a trapdoor in the floor. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. You I know, think... like Yzma in uh, Emperor's New Groove? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was imagining. <laughs> well, so at first, I think that that's why I was confused because it starts out with Grace. Like, she's spending way more time thinking about the fact that she's falling into this hole than what time would actually allow if you were falling into a hole. And somewhere in my mind, I thought that they were being like lowered via a platform. But then she's talking about, she, she spends like, like a good, full. yeah, a good majority of the start of chapter 138, just talking about how it's, it's not the fall that kills you, it's the bounce. And if you're falling out of a plane and your parachute fails, that you should flatten yourself out. And mm -hmm. yeah, she just, she talks about that for a long time. Yeah, she's still, like almost preempting how she's going to die. And she's like, wow, I'm not even going to get to fight. <laughs> It'll be a pancake before I even start. And it just made me think, you know, like when they have those like, epitaphs on people's gravestones and it was like here lies grace death by bounce <laughs> yeah i was thinking and and for everybody in the u.s you've all seen rudolph the red-nosed reindeer which i, I thought was a worldwide iconic jesus uh, christ no it is not i thought i thought that it was just a worldwide iconic thing that everybody watched it's been out you know we've everybody watches it every year like since at least the 70s i think is when it came out and then Amber and her husband Scott came to the U.S. and we watched it. Um, you know, Ashukath. Yeah, we we watched it and they're like appalled. Yeah, they're like, "What is this racist, sexist, crazy shit?" And I yeah. And then I, I because you know I've been watching it every year since I was a little kid. I was like, "Oh, I guess you're right." Now that I'm actually looking at this with a it's like you show this to children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but Yukon Cornelius at, at the end, where he's like, "Bumbles bounce," because the <laughs> abominable snowman falls off the side of the cliff. But apparently, that's what saved him is the bumble bounced. Yeah, and and that's all I could think of was death by bounce when that. But on, only the U.S. people are going to find that funny. Apparently, it's not popular in the U or UK. I don't think it's because of that particular part. I think it's the racism, the sexism, <laughs> and the bullying that makes it a terrible children's entertainment. This is man's work. <laughs> <laughs> Just awful. Uh, like, poor, poor Rudolph. Like, uh, yeah. you, like, his parents get him to change who he is just to fit in with his family. <laughs> Santa, too. Santa's an asshole. <laughs> What a shame. He would have been a, he would have been great on my sleigh team. Oh well. Fuck this little guy in his red nose. <laughs> it was so appalling. Yeah. I don't okay. Anyway, you 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 guys you guys get it. Um so they get down in this arena and first of all I, I wanna point out like because you know, Grace First, she's like, okay, did they did they plan this ahead of time? Is this like 
a one-off thing or wait a minute, no, this can't be because there's like bleachers and everything. And it's, it's not in like an arena, it's in a ballroom. So my question is, why a ballroom? Why does, why does the prison have a ballroom? Well, I'm wondering whether the entertainment swaps out every night. You know, like how like you go on a cruise ship and there's like the lounge. Like, oh, it could be jazz evenings, but it also could be bingo. It also could be uh, like murder mystery. It also could be like <laughs> silent rave. It's the same room. It looks really old and fuddy-duddy because it, they have to kind of keep the main, like a maintain the same sort of clientele and it also make it really comfortable for everybody. But at the same time, anything could happen in that room. It would be really terrifying to go to a silent rave where there's a potential of a giant accidentally stepping on you and then not realizing <laughs> that they stepped on you. Or on a boat. <laughs> on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, those 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 cruise ship entertainment nights were wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was I was kind of thinking that it's just kind of like a. Uh, what do they call it? A reception room. Where it's just like a room. Uh, you know, it's just a room that's perfect to have people. But I was like, what else did they have? Because bar mitzvahs, they, they weddings. They, <laughs> they wouldn't have built a ballroom with the anticipation of it being a coliseum. Otherwise, they would have just built a coliseum. Yeah, so there must have been something there to begin with that made them think, let's do a ballroom. So now I'm just imagining our little Karen doing, like, the foxtrot. <laughs> they have karaoke Wednesdays. Yeah. He's, yeah. He, he, he loves a bit of bingo. He loves it. <laughs> um, and then every Thursday they have mahjong nights. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, so Grace and Hudson are, I mean, they're messed up. Like, Hudson's still loopy from fighting to earn money. Do you know what I'm shocked by? What? What's the one thing that you want to do when you've got a brand new tattoo? Take selfies? <laughs> like, make, make sure that that tattoo does not get scratched, oh. <laughs> moved, sunburnt. Like, nothing. You do not let anything touch that arm. You are, like, just anal about putting the cling film on it and making sure that it stays clean, doesn't get infected. And here she is, like, oh, well, I'm in a gladiator fight. Yeah, ends up covered um, in this blood. This tattoo that could be the only way out of this prison. And she's just rolling in the dust. <laughs> well, maybe she's got some cling wrap on it. I, no, they didn't say anything. They didn't give her any, like, nappy rash cream or whatever they put on it now. <laughs> Nothing. She's just rolling around, being beat up. She's quite happy, just like, yep, yeah, my brand new tattoo is fine. It's, her it's not going to save us or anything. It's her first one. She doesn't know how to take care of it. No, but, like, I'm, I'm wondering whether the reason why she doesn't describe it very often is because it looks like shit now. <laughs> She's fucked it all up. <laughs> <laughs> so, people, if you want to get... An authentic Crave series tattoo. You've got to get it, spend six hours, have an excruciatingly painful needles put all the way up your arm in a lovely intricate design, and then immediately, immediately within the next hour, jump headfirst into a fist fight. Yeah, roll around in the dirt a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
It will be because ve- then it will look like graces. It will be very authentic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Grace, up until this point, and and especially because Remy has said like people have gotten out, they've atoned. Like I've seen it. I've seen mm-hmm. they've gone and haven't come back. So obviously they've atoned. There's there's hope, but Grace is like looking at this. And she's like, wait a minute. They're eating popcorn and drinking beer in the, in the bleachers. And, you know, this is all a little too elaborate. And then she kind of, like, realizes, hmm, mm-hmm. this, this must be where all those people went who Remy said got out. It's but like... That must mean that, that they didn't, must not have very many fights. Because not very many people managed to atone and, and get there, but they like had the fight ready. Yeah, it's almost like they knew that it was... I mean, it's either a, so common that they're just ready to go all the time and everybody knows to show... And who who is the audience? Is this is this prisoners? Is this... I like to think they're the holograms. There's actually yeah. <laughs> no one there. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it a public thing where you can just walk in is it, can you watch on TV? Can you get like live stream on YouTube? Yeah, is it like a pay per view type thing? What? It's like in the red corner, <laughs> right? Like I'm, I'm just, I'm a little confused about where this. Maybe the audience is just always there, just hoping that maybe a fight will happen today, and they're just, they're just there for a good time. Do you, do you also think that like they had been watched their entire way, like leading up to the meeting with Karen, where? Show they me what you got. <laughs> they were they were getting closer and closer and closer, and they knew to prepare for it. Yeah, like at no point did I think um, thick and thug or whatever they were called um, <laughs> <laughs> land in the arena and go, "Oh, who who the fuck is this?" Right. Yeah, it feels um, they didn't have any qualms. Like they didn't check that they didn't have any powers. They were just. Like these are going to be puny humans, no matter what. I'm trying. It's it's almost like I'm I'm trying to. Th- I know that there are more recent like TV show gimmick type things where, I mean, Hunger Games. Obviously, maybe it is like Hunger Games. Hunger Games, like Truman Show. Gamer. Watch this in time. Time. Have you ever seen Gamer with Michael C. Hall from Dexter? Possibly. Have you read a player one? Oh, Ready Player One, yeah. I haven't I haven't read the books for that, but apparently the book, according to my husband, is outstanding. He talks about it all the time, and then he watched the movie and he was like, This is shocking. Yeah, because it's in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, but yeah, apparently <laughs> the book is really, really good. Same with Ender's Game. Ender's Game is a really, really good book. The film not so much. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I do I'm, I'm just I'm just kind of imagining that these giants landing and just going, Okay. We'll work with what we got. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I, I feel like there's some type of Hunger Games type thing going on where they've they been... They want to give you hope. Yeah, and I feel like they've they've monitored Grace's little crew. Because otherwise, how would they know? Like, how would they possibly know that, that, this, that Grace and Hudson and Remy and, and that they would have enough money to you know even be considered right it's very it seems very thought out um 
It does make me wonder. So you know how, like, they've been making all this money in the last couple of days in order to get out? Yeah. Like, has Remy been saving for 17 years too? Like, has he been just, like, squirreling away all of his money? Um, and that's what's, like... He doesn't seem to have any a whole lot of money when they... I mean, if no. I... Know. Maybe he's so their plan like let rested on the last seven days <laughs> making a hundred thousand each. Well, if Remy had no idea when Grace was gonna show up. And he knows he gets then out he'd with a flower. More than he needed. Maybe he didn't think he'd need it because he thought that everybody got out with a flower. Maybe. Also, I'd, I I suppose where would you even store that kind of money? In your mattress. <laughs> They didn't seem to have any, like, cell searches or anything like that. Like, they just got kind of thrown back in and went, bye. Yeah, they got... I don't think prisoners would be able to have, like, nail polish. You could huff that, right? Can you huff nail polish? I'm sure you can do something with it. <laughs> you can definitely get hot off of nail polish. I've never... You can definitely get hot off of nail polish remover. Yeah, nail polish remover. I wasn't sure about nail polish oh, itself. Yeah, does she... Ignore us, children. Ignore us. Does... We have said nothing. <laughs> does Calder have nail polish remover, or is she just layering nail polish onto nail polish onto nail polish? But what about mouthwash? What about... We just watched that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, funny things that nobody else would understand. Um, so, so there, there's this, uh, there is a moment where I was like, they, they, were, they were talking about how um, they had a choice. And Grace was like, there is no choice. Um, and Hudson's like, no, 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 no. Like, a choice would be choosing between a vacation home, vacation house, between Tahiti and Bora Bora. And I was like, that isn't what Hudson would say. We don't say vacation. We say holiday home. And it made me sad. Well, maybe maybe he did it for her benefit. Maybe he's adjusting. Would you not know what a holiday home is? Um, It has taken me several years to adjust to understanding that holiday doesn't specifically mean a holiday. So if I said a holiday home, would you mean that, that like that's a house I go to specifically for Christmas? <laughs> um, I would have a couple years ago, yes. Interesting. I think I should do that. You're my holiday home. It is. There you we, go. We are, because unless you come here for, like, the summer. I can come for Easter. Does that count? Uh, sure. Easter's a holiday. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, you know, G zombie, Jesus, rabbit-laying-eggs holiday. I've, I've heard wild things about peeps. Oh, uh, they're not that great. They're not that great. Oh. I'll send oh. you some. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, so, Grace, th th I mean, there's just ongoing dodging and running, and Hudson gets thrown to one side of the arena, and Grace gets picked up by a giant and slammed, and it just goes on and on like that for a really long time. But, um, Grace, there's one part where Hudson gets slammed against a wall, and it's the first time he gets slammed. So Grace is like, oh, my God. He ends up getting slammed like 10 more times. But... It's the first time, and it scares her. I wish I got slammed ten more times. Ooh, it's Valentine's mm. Day. Lots of possibilities. Um, nah. <laughs> yeah, you guys have a trip to go on. Yeah. Um, but she... Gotta pack first. Yeah. She needs to get 
all the way to the other side of the arena, and she decides that the best way to do that would be to run in between one of the giant's legs. And she was like, which is a great plan if I didn't have the shortest fucking legs in existence. And that's a good thing. Well, all I could think about is we have multiple Rick and Morty references. I just did show me what you got. And then and and when she said shortest fucking legs in existence, I thought about baby legs. <laughs> and then I just thought about her running across the arena going. <laughs> I just think she, she like I'm just wondering like is she talking about the fact that she can't run very far? Yes. Because her like yeah like I'm I'm the same like when Scott is in like walking ahead of me I'm doing like two steps for every one of his yeah like slow down <laughs> I constantly have to tell my husband like slow down your legs are like double the length of mine yeah he makes little sound effects too <laughs> when I'm walking he's like <laughs> 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 I'm like that's not funny my joke my legs are not a joke <laughs> i worked hard for these legs <laughs> uh, but um yeah and i th- i don't even think that grace makes it that time i think that that's when the giant picks her up and just it says that he like throws well, like hudson goes like oh nice try you should do that again yeah he look- get closer and she's like closer you want me to clip his bloody toenails too yeah she got she got like th- like what she said like touchdown slammed yeah by a 20 foot giant she's also talking about like disgusting feet so i'm guessing that they don't have the best kind of cleanliness are they barefoot do they are they naked yeah are they wearing a loincloth yeah like if you if like you, you think that then they like they think they're clothed but then you run underneath between the legs ah! and then you just see like <laughs> giant gooch Ooh, not a giant is it is it a giant sweaty a, giant gooch is it a giant gooch or a giant gooch which is it like a mariana trench of gooch <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird this is a weird episode um i really hope they weren't wearing loincloths uh yeah she never we never get any details about what they're wearing other than that she can see their their toenails right yeah. so it yeah. they can't be wearing shoes so what are they wearing i want to know i have questions tracy i need answers um but yeah she she if if a 20 foot giant slammed you like football style on the ground like you'd you'd be splattered i mean you might still be alive but I, I don't see that being something that you'd be standing up after. And and I do believe that after that happens, that's when Grace gives up. And she yeah, goes... She proper strops and flops. Yeah. she's she goes, A floppy stroppy. She goes through her whole, like, you know, I've always loved Hudson and it's going to be hard, but he'll go on without me. And then she, he'll like... He'll survive. He'll survive. And then she looks up at him and she goes... Save yourself. <laughs> and he and and I just like go on without me. Go, Save yourself. You have to go do that. Like, <laughs> at the end. It's, 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 I, all I have is references in this episode. It's the episode of South Park when Cartman when they go down in the little in the little caves and he eats all the treasure and he's like. 
when he's like, you have to save me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I she she goes through with this whole dramatic thing, just giving up and tells him to save himself. And he's like, are you fucking kidding you fucking me? What? You what? <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he and she's like, no. And he's like, what do you mean? No. <laughs> yeah. And- he has a no. Get the fuck up. <laughs> And then he just spends the next, like, chapter yelling at her. (laughs) But you know what? I love that because I've read so many stupid books where it's like, you know, even even in even in Crush, Jackson, like, is holding grace and he's like, basically gived up gived up he's gived up he gived up he gived he gived up he gived i froze up he gived <laughs> i gived up and he's he's holding grace and he's you know just kind of accepted the like, fact it's, it'll be okay grace it'll be fine i'm so sorry yeah but and then hudson is the only one who's like no nah, give me that bitch let me put her in a hole like <laughs> we're gonna fix this and you know what? I think that is refreshing because I do get sick of books where, you know, you get to that moment. But then, like, you know, it, it's like when in A Court of Thorns and Roses, I won't spoil it for those who haven't read, but, like, the when the uh, High Lords give, like, the little kernel of power, like, it, it's it's always, like, some little divine, magical moment. There's always, like, some divine intervention. Something magical that saves them. Right. It's never just your partner being like, no. Get the fu- <laughs> bitch slapping you across the face. Right. Like, nah, you, no, nah, you don't get to quit. He's like, so this is the fight. This, this is the thing that you want to quit on. Not anything else. This one. Yeah. The one we can totally beat. Yeah. He, and and you know what my favorite thing is is Grace mentions that she can still hear like the crowd and music playing because during this whole thing the the giants are flexing for the crowd and there's music <laughs> playing and so the whole speech that he's giving her where he's yelling at her I I don't know why but my brain was just the whole time. <laughs> I have um, Fallout Boy in my ear uh, when that's that's what's playing in my head. Which, Fallout Boy? Wait, which song? The centuries. <laughs> just centuries, like some legends are told, <laughs> and they're like just like shut up, bitch, get up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Finally, <laughs> Hudson's pep talk. You know, Grace stood up and she somehow magically was able for some reason she's like oh i'm actually going to use my human brain for once yeah she's the thing that's got us out of everything she's always strategized she's always been the like big brain person that goes like how about this let's do this and people are like whoa we didn't think of that we only thought of using our big muscles and wings and magical powers she's like nah this is the easier way guys it's a better way this is a job for a human yeah, and then all of a sudden she checks out because she doesn't have a gargoyle anymore. And I'm like, you already had your gargoyle for like six weeks. Yeah. And she's like, I'm useless without my gargoyle. My glasses, I can't see without them. <laughs> that should be the episode title. <laughs> my gargoyle, I can't work to see without my gargoyle. <laughs> Put it in the notes. Put it down in the notes and I will. Oh, yeah, so um, she... she after Hudson has, like, relayed all of the things that she has survived 
in his run. He's like, so you, you survived this, you survived that, you did this, you got through this, you fought your way through this, and this is the fight you're gonna check out on? And she's like, you forgot one more thing. You forgot your ex-girlfriend's altar sacrifice. And he's like, okay, if you're gonna pick, nitpick my rant, okay, sure. Um, she's also thinking, there was one other thing that she survived, and that was the uh, chandelier falling down in Catman. I'm like, bitch, you didn't do shit for that chandelier. You no. got pushed out away. Yeah, and then and then through a hissy because Jackson had a and little... then got out little little bloody pla like Hello Kitty plasters on his head, <laughs> his little first aid kit. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think this guy needs stitches. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, she's she's noticing the chandelier above the um, the arena, and she's like, "Oh wow! Like, there's even some like instead of instead of like candles and stuff like that, it's made out of bone and antler." And uh, she's like, "And there's there's some narwhal tusks," and I'm like, "Narwhal, narwhal!" <laughs> out of all the magical universe that you could come up with, things that are very very close to where you are in New Orleans. Right. You, can... you went with novel. <laughs> well, and so do you guys have, like, have you ever been into, Do you like, have narwhals? No. Do you have narwhals? <laughs> no. Do you have, Do you ever, like, go somewhere fancy with, like, a big deer antler chandelier? Is that, like, is that... That's yes. A, okay, I was going to say, that feels like an Ohio thing, but it also feels like something you go into like pub. a russian house and you're like oh that's a nice russian, that's a nice bone rug. chandelier you have with antlers and moose and bears i don't know <laughs> i don't know it feels that feels like something that a nice russian family would have hanging in their uh, their living room <laughs> moose moose antler chandelier um but yeah i i for, because when they first went and she was noticing that it was a ballroom. She said that there were white chandeliers. And then it switched to bone chandeliers. I'm like, how long did you have to look at these chandeliers to realize that they were bone? Why didn't you lead with that? For one, and for maybe they were bleached. Yeah, they could have been bleached. That's but but my second thing is how on earth are these narwhal tusks sticking out of this chandelier? <laughs> what if they're not narwhal tusks? What if they're unicorn horns? That's what I thought, right? They can't be narwhals. Like, that's stupid. Why would you say, like, oh, do you know what I need? Do you know what this chandelier needs? Well, they go... A lance. They go... <laughs> do you know how long narwhal tusks are? Yeah. I mean, they go all the way through the giant's head, though, whereas, like... A small unicorn horn would be like a thumbtack sticking in your head. Like it would hurt, but it probably wouldn't kill you. Narwhal tusks are up to three meters long. What is that? Uh, in, did you know? What's in that rare cases, which apparently is made out of tooth, right? It is their tooth. It's, 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 it's all right. But in rare cases, apparently the two teeth can overgrow and the narwhals develop two tusks. Yeah. Sometimes one is longer than the other. I don't know. It's like, imagine it was like a little, like, jewel tusk thing. Bye, buddy. I hope you find your dad. <laughs> but, like, how would you recognize... Like, if I saw something in a chandelier, I wouldn't go, oh, well, that's a narwhal tusk. Yeah, that'll work nicely. Why can't... Why? I wouldn't be able to recognize it. 
I've never seen a narwhal. Why are these chandeliers? What I want to know, and, and it's in both instances that Grace has encountered chandeliers. Why are all of these chandeliers strung up by a rope that is at foot level? It, uh, I like to think that they all have like those sandbag ballasts at the bottom as yeah. well. Like you just need to chop it up, and then all of a sudden the the chandelier is no longer weighted down and just falls. I could see that this being a functional feature, like back before it was convenient to have, you know, like a ladder or even like a large one of those lifts, one of those electronic lifts with the lever that they use to like work on power lines and stuff. Like that makes sense to me. But we're we've got this modern futuristic prison with that spins and there's weird I have a funny spoiler. I'm just gonna add it just okay. in case. So there is a spoiler. Um so one thing that I really like here that I don't get to see a lot of in, in YA is Grace has this really great moment where, you know, she, she is kind of admiring how Hudson has pulled her out of her slump. And she talks about how she loved Jackson, but she matured and grew into something new and Jackson didn't, he stayed the same but she said, and that's okay. And I think that that's something that, you know, I, I, th I'm sure that especially since we have lister listeners all around the globe and we're going to have contrasting opinions. So this might just be my hot take. But my husband and I have always said that, especially when you're young, that you should not like marry the first person that you sleep with. And, you know, I know for those of you who have religions that, you know where that's what you should do. Um, obviously, that's going to be a hot take for you. But hear me out. It takes a long time to truly, truly understand another person. And especially when you're young, you are constantly growing and changing into a new person. You're constantly evolving. You're constantly transforming and, and shaping yourself. And I think that I did the most shaping in my life. Um from, I, I would say, age 19 to 30 is when I did the most shaping, especially in the later half. I would say 25 to 30, I did the most, like, um, personal growth of my mind and developing into my character. And, and you never, you, you think you're done. You'll be, like, 22 and you'll be like, I know exactly who I am. But I promise you, it does change. And I'm sure it's going to, for myself, um, it, it will change a lot more. But... The, the point being is that it's really hard to say when you're that young that you know exactly who you are and you know exactly who your partner is and you know that you're going to be perfect for each other years and years and years down the line. Um, and I think that experiencing, you know, others and, and, and getting a taste for what it is that you like, what you're not just your character, but, you know, even like your internal wiring gets along with is really, really important. And the way that Grace and Jackson just jumped into their relationship, not even of their own choice, it, I wouldn't say that that was the healthiest way to, to do things. And, and, you know, they were realistically were only together for like two months. We, we won't count the months that Grace was in her gargoyle. Um, 
they were only together like two months, but Grace and Hudson formed their connection and their, you know, relationship with each other before they ever actually started dating. Right. Which, and, and dating is a, is a weird concept because we don't date anymore. Like, hang on, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> um, dating is a weird concept because we don't really court people anymore. Um, dates dates are weird, weird things. And a lot of relationships don't really start with dates. Like, they start by just spending a lot of time with each other. Right. And not a structured it's, scenario. It's not going out on dates. It is just the, uh, we are dating is the agreement that we will not see anyone else. We are exclusive. We are exclusive and we will choose to exclusively do things together. So... If I am invited to a wedding and I have a plus one, it would be automatically assumed that I would take him and not my best friend or right. someone else. Um, and I think that that's where it's getting confused, where like people would date and they would court, but they would probably be doing multiple men and it wouldn't be an issue because... It would be very obvious from the start. That, right, like, I'm no, just I'm dating. Not, like, I'm dating around. Yeah. I'm dating around and I'm, I'm getting to know what my options are. But now dating has become ex like a, a synonym for we are together from day one. Um, it, it gets really like difficult to know when that relationship is able to either progress or fizzle out because it's all in from day one. And it's also likewise very difficult for someone who's only ever had relationships like that to start in a relationship with somebody who isn't like that and is very much like a no, I just want to test the waters because it immediately feels, oh, they're not serious. Yeah. About me. They don't they're, they're not proud of me. They don't want to show me off to people. They don't want me to meet their parents. And it's like, well, actually, you're coming on too strong for someone who is after a different kind of relationship than you. Yeah. I feel like Jackson was he he wasn't in it for the relationship. He was in it because he kind of got comfort from Grace. No one really spent their time with him. She was like um, she he was, was quite alone. Yeah, she was like he almost pres prescribed himself with her as yeah. a way to to soothe away past trauma. And you know, she at the time she was also. I mean, I mean, honestly, if if your parents have just died, the last thing that you need to do is start dating. Like, that's not that's probably not a healthy thing to do anyway. Um, I know that you know you will crave comfort, but if you're not already like exclusively dating someone and already have somebody close, like I would not go and start a relationship with someone who's virtually a stranger because it is very clear that that would be, um, in quite an obsessive stranger. Yeah, too. it's that's a very very unhealthy thing to do because you're trying to patch a hole, you know. And and in reality, sometimes you need to let that that hole scab up and and deal with it on yourself by yourself so that mm -hmm. it it fully heals. Um, I also find that the the best relationships tend to form when you are capable of doing everyday things with them without it turning into a romantic notion. Yeah. And Grace and Jackson were not really able to do that. They did have obviously like study sessions and stuff, but that was not a boyfriend and girlfriend doing things together that were normal. That was students. Like that that was aside from it. But I'm talking like grocery shopping, um, going to... Um, 
like a grandparents to help them out, not to necessarily visit, but to be like, well, my my nan said that her computer is not working, so I, I need to go around. Do you want to come with me and do like errands together? Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that Hudson was in Grace's head for so long, he was by default doing her laundry with her and doing everyday things that they could consider would be in their lives for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And it would be normal. Whereas I can't imagine Grace and Jackson ever doing anything household-wise together. Yeah, and... I, like, Hudson Hudson does kind of strike me as someone who would chip in, whereas Jackson would be like, oh, no, I'll just pay for someone to do that. Yeah, and I think about that a lot, too, with, um, with you know, romance books and, um, you know, characters that people fantasize over. I always... It's a, it's a weird thing that I've always said, but I always say that no matter how, like, sexy somebody is, man or woman, no matter how attractive they are, at some point, probably at least, you know, once a month, that person is on the toilet, bent over in absolute agony, blowing their asshole out, just blowing chunks. <laughs> and if you can't visualize that about your sexy dream you know person them just sitting on the toilet and potentially saying oh my god i forgot the toilet paper can you bring me the toilet paper then you're not you're not gonna see a future with them because it might not be you know you might not see them like that but if it's you know if it's a life partner, you need, to be pre- you need to be prepared for something that is definitely going to happen right. over a lifetime. What if they got injured and you had to like wipe their ass for them because their hands were broken? Or what if you know you change had... their sanitary towel for them? Yeah. What if they had a ba- What if they had a baby and you had to, you know, take care of take care of them? Um, Wash their hair. Washing someone's hair is probably one of the most caring things you could possibly do. And it's something that I would trust very, very few people to do. Yeah. Like, wash my hair. And not because it's like, well, you got to do it right. But it's a very intimate moment. And it's something that you're like, well, this is something I do privately just because it's part of my cleanliness routine. But a lot of, like, couples kind of like, oh, well, yeah, we shower together. And I'm like, yeah, but do you shower together? Or do you just stand underneath the shower head? Yeah. Together. Like, do you actually clean? Could you shave in front of that person and it still be okay? Or would they go, ew, you're gross, get out. Yeah. Like, they do joke, like, lots of jokes about how you can walk in on your husband or your partner or whoever having a shower and if you can pee in the same room. Like, I could. I don't do it. Oh, I do it all the time. Not because I don't want to, but because I'm like, well, he knows that when I'm in the bath, I, the last thing that I want is for him to come in and pee. Not because I'm squeamish or, like, approved, but that is my private time. And when you are married and living together, there are very, very few moments that I get when I am completely alone and private. And the bathroom is that. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I can't imagine Jackson and, and Grace living together. Yeah, I can't. Truly. If 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 Grace broke her hands and needed someone to help her wash her butt, I don't picture Jackson being that person. I picture Hudson no. doing it and then cracking a joke to make her feel less uncomfortable about it. And then, you know, saying, no, seriously, it's okay. Like, 
Yeah. This is normal. Yeah. Yeah. But this was really the moment that I think she let go of Jackson, where she, like, finally accepted the fact that we will figure something else out. We... But she also said, like, I would have a, a lovely life with Jackson, but I want Hudson. Yeah. Um, and that was very much like, a, no, I love him and I want to be with him forever. It's like, no, I want him. That is my choice. I would like to choose him. And circumstances are going to maybe force me to have the other one and I'm not going to be as happy. Yeah. Um, and she does actually tell him that she loves him for the first time in this chapter. And uh, he goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that I think that that was the thing that really motivated him to like use that last little bit of energy that he had mm -hmm. because she's like, she's like, okay, my, my human brain has formulated our plan, but I need you to be able to fade twice. He ends up doing it three times, I think, doesn't he? Because um, one of the giants follows him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they have like they sneak their moments. They keep kissing as well. Like they keep having little romantic like moments. And Grace is very aware of the crowd going wild, even though they want brutality and gore and maulings. They also are in it for the spectatorship of of, of entertainment in in romance as well. Like that would make any crowd go like woo go. Um, but the fact that they were trying to steal those moments, it wasn't a we're going to die and this may be the last chance, but it was more like fueling each other um, and making it seem, you know, like where you kiss your husband before you leave the house. Like it wasn't like a let's kiss kiss. It was like a let's do this kiss. That's how I'm imagining it. Anyway. Yeah. It's like a, this could go good. This could go bad, but, but I'm in it with you. Yeah. Let's let's do it. Um, I mean, Scott says all the time, he's like, you make the bad times better and the good times even better. -er. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's right. Like, they're, they're there in this, like, pretty much, like, there is no hope scenario. But they're still able to crack a joke. Yeah. They're still able to share moments of intimacy and love and devotion and romance. And they're still able to kind of pep each other up despite it being a hopeless cause. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to see, like, a, a true relationship be portrayed. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the, 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 the like, um, Rick and Morty scene of, like, you've got a plan. You've got a plan. You son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> I hate that episode. <laughs> but it's, it's said all the yeah. time. It's like, when it's like, uh, like, whenever I stand up and my dog follows me, <laughs> I put in a little voice, like, you son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you leave in the house? You son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, long scene made short because, you know, there's not a whole lot to describe here. Their plan works. Uh, they are able to basically lure the giants into the middle of the arena and the chandeliers fall and smack right into their heads, impaling both of them, which, you know, when I thought of them as big, like, blue-colored trolls, no biggie. But now that I'm realizing, like, these are just big people and one narwhal horn, like, went through one's ear and out the other and then another was, like, impaled in the eye. You know, kind of brutal, kind of gross. 
<laughs> and then and then it ended on the crowd goes wild. Um, so next week's episode, we'll be able to discuss them getting out. And then after that, it's on to the unkillable beast island. So we are like right at the end. Um, mm-hmm. I think what like maybe three or four more episodes, and then it'll be on to covet. Or I'm um, court. Yeah. So I, I have a, a charm spoiler. So yes. If you haven't read charm, drop out. Drop out. Drop out. Leave. Okay. Get out of here. We don't. Are we don't gone? want you anymore. Are you, are you gone? Are you 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 left. Are you out of here? Um. So, your repeating question of but why is it a ballroom? I'm thinking that maybe Karen might be the time wizard sort of kind of person. And that he enjoys a bit of a disco dance at some point, maybe. <laughs> oh. Okay. Like, I'm just like, I'm done. Like, cut it. Who was there when, like, the prison was, like, first made? Who was there, like, making sure that um, Remy had enough power? And we were to kind of, like, keep on making the time wizard kind of thread into it but like what if he was the one that was like oh you need to have a ballroom hmm. and where the chandelier was it was actually a disco ball see i'm 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 trying to connect wires here because our first theory he's got to fit in somewhere right yeah because we thought that remy was related to the the time with wizard from charm right was that mm-hmm. that was our our original and the and the power that he has isn't just like a squeeze power it was actually the the dragon's power kind of left over yeah um but yeah he was like oh we'll give you a like enough power to level the prison and blah 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 but he would need a place that would very be very specific like weakness to level the prison like you wouldn't want to do that from the middle no especially if it's a ring right so i was thinking like maybe he put like the ballroom there as a just like a soft spot yeah because that's where all of the the, these random people are coming to watch it's also by the exit right because in the next chapters Uh they get Uh out and they get out like immediate like i think they walk down like a hallway and leave and Karen likes to show his wealth, right? So he would probably be able to persuade him to do something as stupid and as extravagant as that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But it I'm... wouldn't be something that he wouldn't be something that he would know that Remy would recognize because, firstly, Remy is not in there, and secondly, Remy never knew his dad. So therefore, if he was him, he would never have known who it was. But. It would still have that kind of flavor of dancing and Saturday Night Fever and and things like that. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think because I'm trying to also connect to the Remy spinoff. Um, you know, a lot of people had an interesting idea, but I don't. I, I think that some people are, are they're not on the right track with what they think that spinoff is going to be about. I saw in one of the Crave groups that somebody said that they think that because we know that it's about a prison for delinquent, you know, uh, delinquent 
paranormals. And a lot mm-hmm. of people have thought that it was Calder's parents who started it because it was called Calder Academy. But I don't think that's the case. I think Remy started it because, or he... He has like 600,000 pounds. What if he took over this prison? What if he didn't level it? What if he took over... Turned it into a school? And turned it into a new, like, school for delinquents out of the old prison? Because, it, I mean... It would make sense. It's his ho- it, would have that th- it would have that themology of, like, look, like, this used to be a prison, and if you continue on the way you are... Right, and it would be it would be like home to him, you know. He would know the place like the back of his hand. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, and then I there's a playground, there's a ballroom. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of fun activities. But then tying into like the time thing, I mean, I'm sure that there's all if he has some of the same powers that assuming, you know, we're on the right track with our theory that his mysterious father has i mean he he might have a lot of interesting powers to use to help rehabilitate as well that yeah. maybe he doesn't he doesn't quite know how to use yet I, i'm i i'm he has the power of rehabilitation rehabilitation i feel it's like hi remy warlock power of rehabilitation yes that did not come out <laughs> power of rehabilitation it's like all the X-Men could like introduce themselves Wolverine have claws Remy I rehab people I, you, if you're on crack I'm here for you <laughs> <laughs> but I guess we will see as we do our reread and as the uh, the new book comes out but yeah guys we hope you had a great Valentine's Day um, it is val- we love you. We love you. We love you very much. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Kisses. <laughs> Amber just goes dead <laughs> silent. Amber doesn't love you. I think, uh, hey, that well, that's because you didn't hear me, but it was worth it because I made like a nice slurping noise. Oh, so, yeah. I had um, I have noise suppression turned off, so you can't hear anything that doesn't sound human, and it definitely did not sound human. <laughs> Ew, gross macaroni noises. Um, <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.